0: Hello, my name is Rick Pearson and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. Have you ever wondered why any sovereign nation would destroy its own borders and let undocumented, unvaccinated people into their country in the middle of a global pandemic? Stay tuned and find out what the Bible says about that topic. Welcome back, folks. I'm here with my wife, Karen. Hi, Rick. Karen, it's great for you to be here. I'm happy to join you today. Now, Karen, we've had some interesting questions concerning what's be happening uh, in America and how social unrest fits in the Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. In order to fully embrace the teaching today, I want to replay one of our three-minute documentaries, which were written for the express purpose of accelerating the learning curve for what we're trying to expose in America from a biblical, but not a political platform. However, you have to understand that according to Romans 13, God is very involved in the political realm when it comes to the governance of his people. Romans 13 reads, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And remember Daniel, In chapter 2, he said he removes kings and he setteth up kings. Proverbs, however, warns us when the righteous are in authority, people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. So why do we see such radical emotions being displayed in our society? Why was there such a meltdown over Donald Trump? The Republicans brought the best economy. They secured the borders but they also wanted to reinstate prayer and Bible teaching back into schools. Trump was one of the most investigated presidents in the history of the country. The Russian investigation failed, quid quo pro failed. But if you want to investigate the last election, you're deemed a conspiracy theorist, white supremacist, or a racist bigot, even if you're black. Mm -hmm. What is happening in America? Over one million unmasked illegal immigrants have invaded the USA. MS-13, convicted murders, COVID-19 carriers, and nobody from government seemingly cares. They want churches to stop assembling and then say that white supremacy is the number one security threat in America. Media and news networks seem to be rejoicing. From the outside looking in, this seemingly makes no sense whatsoever until you listen to what the Bible says will happen in Babylon the Great. Listen to this, we'll be right back.
1: The Bible tells us that in 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Romans 15 verse four says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. In previous episodes, we have discussed the fall of Lucifer from heaven before man was created. Current evangelical theology believes that Satan is still an adversary today, opposing anything and anyone who would follow after the ordinances of the Father. Jesus taught his disciples, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In historical Babylon of 602 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar fell into the same trap as Lucifer when after being empowered by God to build the great city of Babylon, he said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? But while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, the kingdom is departed from you. Scripture says at that same hour, Nebuchadnezzar fell mentally ill with a rare clinical illness psychiatrists call bonethropy. Scripture says they drove him from his dwelling, and they made him eat grass like a beast for a period of seven years. The Bible says even Nebuchadnezzar's hair grew as eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Although this happened in ancient Babylon of 600 BC, according to Scripture, many people within the seventh nation would follow the example of King Nebuchadnezzar. People would begin to take God out of the equation of their lives and believe the lie that their wealth and prosperity was created by their own wisdom and intelligence. Concerning Babylon the Great of Latter Days, Scripture says, Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee, and thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, O daughter of Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called thy lady of kingdoms. Fallen is Babylon the Great, for she has become the habitation of demons, a hold of every foul, unclean spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. It would appear from these scriptures that the same principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness that overtook ancient Babylon would find their way into Babylon the Great of the latter days. According to Scripture, once Babylon the Great is removed, they will be given a seven-year period on earth with the beast, the eighth kingdom, to rule as they choose, and it will be the darkest time of mankind's existence. However, before that happens, they will first appear in Babylon the Great, and it will be obvious to those who understand the signs of the time.
0: Welcome back, folks. Well, you know, Karen, it seems like our story about Nebuchadnezzar pretty well parallels what's happening right now. It does. America nor Canada has ever seen anything in the history of the country like we're seeing now. You know, people are questioning what is happening, but not many people are turning to Scripture to find those answers.
2: It's true, Rick. We have a lot of people listening to our programs and the people that are listening are turning to Scripture for answers. However, we have those who are not asking questions, but they're telling you that you're wrong about America being in the Bible. Yes, uh,
0: I have mentioned that before, that most people who oppose our teaching of America in the Bible have been taught by traditional teachers, teachers who cannot give the location of where Babylon the Great is, nor give any scriptural foundation for what in the world is happening today in America. But we will in this program. You know, some traditional teachers have taught that Babylon will be built in the tribulation period, when Revelation 17:12 specifically describes her before the Antichrist rises and the tribulation begins. That's found in Revelation 17:12, whereas the kings of the earth have not yet received power. Traditionalists state that the Bible or Babylon is possibly the Catholic Church in the city of Rome. And while the Bible says continually she has multitudes multitude of seaports, she trades with the merchants of the earth over 27 products, including slaves, she's the wealthiest of all nations in the last days, and sits on the seven mountains of the earth. The Bible does not state that Babylon sits on seven hills, located 70 miles inland from the Mediterranean coast. The merchants of the earth are not made wealthy through the abundance of the Rome's delicacies. Traditionalists will tell you that America is nowhere to be found in Scripture, probably because they don't like the end of the story concerning Babylon's demise. The prophet Isaiah specifically states in 750 B.C. that she says in her heart, I sit a queen, I will see no sorrow. And then John says... For she says in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. So are the Bible teachers literally fulfilling these prophecies? Have they drunk the Kool-Aid that America can never be overcome, never be defeated? That her covenant with God just cannot be broken? Just as Nebuchadnezzar was overcome with the spiritual issues, there are spiritual dynamics happening in America that we want to talk about right now. We have illegal immigrants invading America, but that's not the root of the problem. We're talking about a spiritual invasion today. Many people are looking at political issues, but the Bible specifically states that political issues are first and foremost rooted in a spiritual foundation. Ephesians 6.12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're all wrestling with thoughts, attitudes, and opinions that either come in line with God's Word or oppose God's Word. And of course, in the political arena, we live in opposing thoughts, attitudes, and opinions that affect all of us.
2: That's very true. Rick, perhaps you should share the conversation that you had with your friend Tony when you were talking about charity as opposed to socialism?
0: Okay. Uh, A friend of mine, Tony, and I were talking, and we were talking about what's happening concerning the open borders. And I said, Tony, if an immigrant family came into our parking lot, and I felt led to give them the keys to my car, and said, here, take my car, it's yours would you consider that an act of charity?" And Tony said, "'Yes, by all means.'" And I said, "'Okay, the same family, the same parking lot. If I gave them the keys to your car and said, "'Here, take Tony's car, it's yours,' would you consider that an act of charity?' And Tony looked at me rather crossly, and I answered for him. I said, "'Tony, that's not charity. That's called socialism.'" You see, you have a large group of nefarious politicians who want to give something away. They don't own it. They never work for it. And for many of them, they've never even ran a business, created a job, or made a payroll. But they have discovered if you rob enough Peters to pay Paul, you're guaranteed Paul's vote. That is what they call socialism. And eventually, it turns into communism. But when communism runs out of other people's money, it becomes a dictatorship, and that is where the world is heading right now. A one-world government that will dictate to you what you can own and what you cannot own. It's anti-scripture, it's anti-capitalism, and it's anti-God. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not my government shall supply all your greed. And Paul said in Thessalonians, This we command you, if any man would not work, neither should he eat. Luke says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. To give means to serve someone. Give them your time, your thoughts, your giftings. It does not say to sit, and it shall be given unto you. Protest, and it shall be given unto you. And according to God's spiritual commandments, you have to do something in order to receive something from someone else. And of course, there are those who cannot give. They're unable to work, widows, orphans, the physically challenged. This is where our tithes and offerings go to help those who can't help themselves. Now that is charity. But taking, stealing, or deceiving others of their hard-earned substance is not God's formula for prosperity. But some folks believe that those who have more than them need to give them their property. They have no intention of giving themselves, but giving is only good when they're on the receiving end, and that is socialism. Now Karen, you have a question from Tom that's going to lead into where we are heading in North America if we don't get a hold of the present declining mindset.
2: Yes, Tom wrote in and he said, Rick, I appreciate all of your hard work, but you are twisting the scriptures. The Chaldeans refer to an ancient people from the land of Chaldea, not the USA. The Mideast is where the Chaldeans are from, and it is there that Babylon will rise up again. What do you say to that?
0: Okay, thanks Tom, but we cannot disagree with you more. Uh, but there's a perfect example of interpreting Scripture by the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law. What Tom is saying is absolutely true in the natural and historical sense. that The Chaldeans were from the Mideast. Mm-hmm. Scriptures referring to uh, Babylon and the Chaldeans come in Isaiah 47.1. Uh, it says, calls them, the, the Babylon is the daughter of the Chaldeans. And in 47.5, it says, Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the lady of kingdoms. And then it says, I was wroth with my people. I polluted mine inheritance, and I gave them, my people, into the Chaldeans' hands. Thou, the Chaldeans, did show them no mercy. Show my people no mercy. But upon the ancient one have you heavily laid thy yoke. Now, the Lexham Bible Dictionary tells us that the vast majority of biblical references to the Chaldeans depict their involvement in the destruction of Jerusalem and the subsequent exile around the early 6th century. The Chaldeans destroyed Judah and Jerusalem. Jeremiah and Ezekiel confirm that the Jews were exiled to the land of Chaldea, which had the political name of Babylon in 630 BC. And furthermore, the name Chaldeans are often the object of divine announcements of judgment. The book of Daniel, which is set in Babylon, uses the term Chaldeans in two distinct areas of protocol. First in the al- academic realm. Daniel 1:3 the Chaldeans or Chaldeans forced Daniel and his friends to learn their literature and language. And secondly in the political realm. The Chaldeans were used for the direction of the nation as astrologers and wise men. Mm-hmm. When you study the the theological and spiritual roots of the word Chaldea, it begins to unveil God's hidden wisdom for where we are on his prophetic time clock. The spiritual foundation for the word Chaldea is much more than just an ancient people. You know, the exhaustive dictionary of the Bible names Chaldea in three different areas. Number one, it was the land of the Chaldeans but it also refers to astrologers or wanderers. Number two, again, it says astrologers and wanderers. But number three, Chaldeans, as it were, are demons to lay waste and to destroy. Now, stay tuned, folks, because you're not gonna wanna miss the rest of this lesson.
1: 2,000 years ago, innocent blood was shed for you. But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer his judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy. 1-888-306-1759 Or go online to prophecyusa.org right now.
0: Welcome back, folks. You know, Karen, uh, we are still referencing uh, Tom's statement concerning the Chaldeans being from the Mideast. And can you just read the last half of that question?
2: Sure, Rick. Tom said the Chaldeans refer to an ancient people from the land of Chaldea, not the United States of America. The Mideast is where the Chaldeans are from, and it is there that Babylon will rise up again. Okay, now we just
0: researched the name Chaldean, and we've discovered that it is not only an ancient Mideast Babylonian people, but the word actually describes what was working inside those people. The exhaustive dictionary of the Bible gives us the name that it was astrologers, it was wanderers, it was uh, necromancers, and... They terms it as demons, demonic spirits. Mm -hmm. Now, when a demon works through a person, it always comes against God's divine moral protocol in the form of thoughts, attitudes, and opinions. Remember what Isaiah said, my ways, God's ways, are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You may recall when Jesus told Peter that he was to go to Jerusalem and he'd be killed. And Peter spoke up and said, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not come unto thee. Now Jesus bypassed Peter, the man, and spoke to the spiritual source from which Peter was getting his thoughts, his attitudes, and his opinions from. He literally said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. In the definition of Chaldeans that we just read, these demons were also called wanderers. Now Jesus addressed this in his teachings in Matthew 12. And he said, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh he himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. So when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, it wanders, seeking rest. In 612 BC, Habakkuk prophesied along with Jeremiah the destruction coming to Judah and he said for i will work a work in your days which ye shall will not believe though it be told you in other words he was saying the people were going to say i can't believe what's happening which is what many of us of us in north america and around the world are saying today Habakkuk continues and says, For lo, I will raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. Mm. Now, look at the Chaldeans' uh, description. They are bitter and they are a hasty nation. Number one, they're bitter. The Illustrated Bible Dictionary says that that word bitter means that they're they're afflicted, they're miserable, uh, they have a root of bitterness, and it's a wicked person or a dangerous sin that that possesses them. Mm -hmm. Hebrews uh, 12, 14, Paul warns us, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace or fall of the grace, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness leads to defilement. So what are the signs of someone who's defiled? Uh, Webster's Dictionary says they're hot-headed, they're ill-advised, they're inconsiderate, they're reckless, and they're thoughtless. Demonic spirits are not only defiled, but they're very hasty about it. The word hasty in the Oxford Dictionary is acting with haste, hurried, or quick-tempered. People who are demonized by Chaldean spirits fly off the handle. They have a total meltdown. They explode at the drop of a pin. They lose their temper over nothing and have an absolute fit if they don't get their own way. But the Chaldeans gather together in Scripture, it says, as a nation. What is the definition of a nation in Scripture? Erdman's Bible Dictionary of the Bible says that nation is large political divisions normally of homogenous ethnic populations. There are large political divisions. Now let's review again what Habakkuk said. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land. He's saying, I will raise up demonic spirits who are defiled, quick-tempered, ill-advised, and reckless. And they come as a nation, large political divisions to march through the land. To do what? to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They did not work for them. They did not create them. But they're going to try and take them from those who did. And then Habakkuk warns us, their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. These folks judge others by way of their dignity. Now, what does that mean? The Webster's Dictionary says, Dignity is a high rank, an office, or a position. It's a legal title of nobility or honor. In other words, these spirits make their way into a nation through political positions within high-ranking offices. They have legal titles that empower them to enforce the thoughts attitudes and opinions that not only oppose the laws of God, but literally come against those who have the Spirit of God in them. In other words, Christians, Christ inside me. Now, Jesus said, if they have persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. So, Tom, the East is where the Chaldeans are from, but that does not mean it's the same geographical location Where latter day Babylon or latter day commercial Babylon will rise again. The Chaldean spirits from there are not coming, they're already here. And they're fulfilling their role in Bible prophecy within the United States of America. This teaching of the Chaldeans is extremely important to me because this is what was spoken to me in 1986. The same spirits that rose during the time of Babylon are rising again. I believe God was talking about the Chaldean spirits. They're fulfilling Bible prophecy once again. They're manifesting in our nation through political divisions. They're defying the U.S. covenant with God. They have changed times and seasons in the marriage, in abortion, in hate speech, assembling themselves together. And they're coming against the believers of our and our book of protocol, the Holy Bible. But according to scripture, this cancel culture will try and cancel us. But when they touch God's anointed, he has promised us that he will cancel them. So like the sons of Issachar, we need to have discernment. Understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to follow God's word. Follow his ways, follow his thoughts exactly as Revelation 18.4 tells us. Come out of her, my people. Partake not in her sins, nor in her plagues. But instead, raise up a shout. Do not fear these people. Don't be intimidated with their woke cancel culture mentality. These folks have no idea what's working through them, but we do. They have no idea where they're heading to, but we do. Surely I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. We at Prophecy USA believe we've been raised up to help you make that show. Through our books, our TV programs, our Bible study podcasts, and our free app, we would like to thank all those who are supporting our efforts with prayer and financial support. When you help us fulfill the word that God has given us in warning others, you are fulfilling your own personal calling. But when that judgment comes down, our God, in whom we serve, is more than able to deliver us in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall behold him. So stay the course because we win. You know, this is Prophecy USA. And this is Rick and Karen Pearson. And we're here to remind you that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is not only alive, but he's coming back much sooner than many people think. We'll see you next week on Prophecy USA. Shalom.